0: Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. I know we're a Steelers podcast, but I have to just say I have a huge man crush on Aaron Rodgers.
1: It's hard not to enjoy an artist at work. I love how it's, you put it's that. It's artistry. He's
0: Picasso. Yeah, that, That's who he is in the NFL. and It's just so funny to me after week one Everybody was ready to do the, is Aaron Rodgers washed up? Is Aaron Rodgers over the hill? I'll like, just say
1: this. I I, 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 knew what was coming. That's it what I mean. The, like, Relax. Just relax. But
0: everybody who kind of has followed football knew that that other shoe was going to drop. Maybe they didn't expect it to happen as soon as it did the very next week. Or maybe they did because they were playing the Lions at home. But he has completely shaken off the rust
1: after just – Three weeks of the season, and what? I would say not even, s- it was after the first week. That was the rusty week of which he had to kind of get the gears going again. By week two, he was good, and then by week three, he was. Aaron Rodgers could win the MVP again in age thirty
0: nine. Aaron Rodgers, it, it became it literally in fourteen days time went from Aaron Rodgers, huh, and the Packers might be dead in the water to. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is maybe the MVP again this year, and the Packers are a Super Bowl contender again. I mean, 14 days he turned that ship around like that. The game Sunday night against the 49ers, that's maybe, and he's got a laundry list of his highlight moments. That might be his most impressive fourth quarter comeback though. 37 seconds on your own 25 and no timeouts. I would have
1: to go back and look at how much time was left in the timeout situation for the Dallas playoff game. There's one over a minute left in that one.
0: So, so you gotta it was say, even this was more, more dire straits yeah. against the Niners here. I will also Brandon, say that was a playoff game. The Hail Marys that he's thrown. Oh my gosh. Those have a little element of luck involved into it. There was nothing lucky about this 37 but seconds. Is there the really field. luck because yeah. little- He's luck.
1: better at it than anyone else in NFL history. I'm, I mean, there is no one who has converted that many hail marys, whether it's for a touchdown or just to gain yards, than Aaron Rodgers. I agree, but I he think he did it in back to back plays against that Arizona game during in the playoffs, in the playoffs right? When he beat Carson back-to-back, Palmer, back to back, it was a fifty yard pass. They were on like their own ten yard line to get to midfield, and then he did it the next play. Although I think in they the actually they lost that game to Carson Palmer, but yeah, because was them the Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That was his head in two overtime.
0: And he beat the Lions on a Hail Mary in the regular season as well. Everybody beats the Lions in just the worst way Yeah, the Lions are just
1: maybe the most sorry franchise in all sports. But
0: that game on Sunday, man, uh, I knew when the Niners were driving down the field and they were in scorable range, felt like they were going to get in the end zone, first of all, because their momentum. I mean, the offense was just getting whatever they wanted on that drive. And I loved how Shanahan – was being so patient. And he had all three of his timeouts, but he wasn't calling them. He was kind of letting that clock milk down. Throws that pass to Juszczyk, who fights his way into the end zone. All the people saying, you got to go down there. They're idiots. Because if you go down there, who's to say you don't fumble the snap over Garoppolo's head the
1: very next right. play? Right, it's not, it's not a field goal difference exactly. of Exactly, you of a, need a to a get score. into the
0: end zone. It's hard to score touchdowns in the NFL, so you have to get in on any play you possibly can. And people who are saying, oh, use check, Shanahan, it's bad coaching, bad execution. You got to know the awareness there and get down. There was 37 seconds left and they had no timeouts. I was sitting on my couch going, okay, even for him, this is impossible. And he proved me freaking wrong again. Beautiful touch pass to Devontae Adams to get them around midfield, uh, about like a 25-yard gain or there. Uh, gets up, spikes the ball again incompletion there after the spike then he hits Devonte adams again who smartly goes immediately down to the turf rogers runs up spikes the ball with three seconds left gives an amazing tiger woods-esque fist pump as he walks off the field uh it's just the the guy is unflappable and we were talking about in an episode we did earlier today maybe the best way for the steelers to get after him is put him in the dirt and make him feel a lot of pressure I think you could hit that guy eleven times and if he's right. down by three in the fourth quarter, he's unshakable. He's I, not gonna he's
1: not gonna flinch at the pass rush at all. I had said in that that conversation we had, you can sack him six, seven, eight times, you can take hit quarterback hits upwards of twenty, it does not matter. If he has the ball in his hands at the end of the game, he has the potential to go down the field and win that game. Couple stats that are jaw dropping for you here on Aaron Rodgers. Last year. Anything Aaron Rodgers to me,
0: Tom, is jaw dropping. Just wait. Last year, Rodgers had a passer rating of at least 114 out of a <laughs> possible 16 football games. That, my friends, is an NFL record, as I'm sure you could assume. So far this year, he's two for three as far as having 100 yard games. Obviously, the stinker against the Saints, you throw that in the trash. He had 145 passer rating against the Lions, which is decent, 11 away from a perfect passer rating. He had he called it
1: decent when he was only 11 points away from he had 100, perfect?
0: For him, it's decent because I'm sure he's, so. he's the one that wants to be perfect. That's every 113 day. 113 was his passer rating last week in San Francisco against the 49ers, so he's well on his way to another 14 out of a possible 17 mm-hmm. games, or I should say 15 out of 17 games, with at least 100 passer rating. This is the one. That is egregious and should make the NFL ban him from playing in the (laughs) sport. During his 2020 MVP campaign, Rodgers threw more touchdown passes, 48, than the Packers punted all year. They punted 47 times all year. Rodgers threw 48 touchdown passes, which, by the way, 48 tied Dan Marino for the fifth most in an NFL season. 48 touchdown passes to 47 punts. What the hell? You're not supposed to do that, man. You're not supposed to throw more touchdown passes than your punter punts the ball.
1: I'm, I'd am i be shocked if the Steelers have not yet punted the ball 47 times this year already. <laughs> right? <laughs> I would be, but I get what you're trying to say. That's how putrid this Steelers' offense is compared to how great Aaron Rodgers is. I mean— Yes, Tom. My jaw is on the floor. I did not think that'd be possible for one man to score that many touchdowns compared to a team overall giving the ball away to the opposition. That is a jaw-dropping stat. The Steelers have faced really good quarterbacks so far this year, too, all three weeks.
0: Josh yeah. Allen, MVP candidate. Derek Carr, if he can stay healthy, probably an MVP candidate. Health has always been the biggest problem with him. And Joe Burrow is a young quarterback that's certainly starting to come
1: into his own. Joe Burrow right now is proving to me that had he stayed healthy all year last year, he probably could have won Offensive Rookie of the Year over Justin Herbert. Even even with a worse team, he still could have done Just to it, prove think. how highly I think of Burrow right now,
0: I would, if I were the Browns, swap quarterbacks with the Bengals. I think he's better than Baker already.
1: Absolutely. I do. And I think just because this is nothing to take away from Lamar Jackson, the longevity thing, putting himself at harm's risk. Yeah, the ball a lot longer. I think
0: so too. As long as the Bengals can protect him with a good offensive line, That's fair. say. That's fair. Uh, But But they
1: did a pretty good job of protecting him on Sunday against the Steelers. They did.
0: They certainly did. But those three quarterbacks, obviously good to great. It's a whole different animal on Sunday. It's just a whole different animal. You get Josh Allen's golden rocket of an arm with his mobility. You get Derek Carr's ability to push the ball down the field. You get Joe Burrow's calmness and adverse to throwing interceptions. You get all that, plus everything else that's good with quarterbacks, in one package with Aaron Rodgers. He is what a scientist in a lab would make a quarterback play like, and give he would if he had little test tubes where he could drop out oh, pocket presence, good arm strength, accuracy. Every single vial, every single tube would be dropped into the mix that made Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah, you know that scene in Captain America when Steve Rogers goes, ironically Steve Rogers goes into that that tube or whatever, and he comes out as Captain America. Yes. Aaron Rodgers would be in that lab, look laughing at Steve Rogers, saying, "This is the guy you want." I'm
0: Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't even. Need you want Steve Rogers? He doesn't I'm even Aaron need Rogers. the super soldier serum. He's already exactly that. Elite. Without it,
1: he's laughing at the looks of Steve Rogers, saying that's Captain America.
0: Don't get fooled, Steelers Nation, too, by the offseason chatter out of Green Bay, where he thinks that they don't have enough help for him and they don't, you know, invest in skill position players in a defense to help him win. I think there is some kernels of truth to that. But they have an amazing trio of skilled position players, Rodgers included in that. I like to call it the triple-A offense. Aaron, Aaron, and Adams. that's, That's almost like the killer bees. Those three guys are what make this offense go. Talking to Matt Williamson last night on the Advanced Scout Steelers podcast, he said... It's really those three guys, and then just a bunch of dudes. But the problem is, those three guys are maybe the best at their position in the NFL. Jones is a little bit behind, but Adams, Jones Rogers, is getting there. Jones you can is make on the case. Layup. Rogers, Mahomes, Rogers. Flip a coin there. I mean, Devontae it was Adams, Rogers,
1: who won the MVP
0: last year. Devontae Adams is probably the best receiver in football. I would say point. he's the best receiver right now. So I mean, although there's just guys around him, those other two A's that make up the triple A Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams they are dangerous dangerous players and let's stay with Devontae Adams sure the stats bear out him being the best receiver in football he has a 15 game streak going in which he has caught at least five passes mm-hmm. that's the longest streak of its kind in the NFL right now so Rogers loves targeting him right now He's on pace in 2021 for 193 targets, wow, (laughs) 142 catches, wow, (laughs) (laughs) 1,751 receiving yards over a 17-game season. And last week, Adams ran 31 routes, and he was targeted on 17 of those 31 routes. Uh, We talked about Derek Carr forcing the issue to Darren Waller a lot and how he adapted against the Steelers when the Steelers really keyed on him and Mm -hmm. spread the ball around. A, Rodgers can spread the ball around if he needs to. B, I don't think he needs to because he's going to be able to fit things. I don't think he needs to. I was just going there. Even if Devontae Adams is double-covered, he's going to be able to fit it in a tight window like that pass he made Mm -hmm. in the last drive against the Niners. Fred Warner, if he was born with an index finger two (laughs) inches longer, he he tips that ball. Maybe one inch. But it's just dropped in the perfect spot for Devontae Adams. In the middle of the field, there's like three guys around him, including Fred Warner trying to jump up and snag that. He'll put it – in the exact right spot almost every single time. So, even if you key on Adams, it's not going to matter much. He's
1: going to yeah, get I mean, his in this game. The the touchdown to Marquez Van however you say his name, Mar- Marquez Vantel—Valdez Valdez Scantling, thank you. Said it was the best catch he's ever caught, the best pass he's ever caught. Have you, Did you see that play? Did you see the re- It reminded me so much so of the San Antonio Holmes catch, <laughs> where you have so many defenders— in the line of the arc of the ball, and it's just perfectly placed. I mean, that that pass could not have gone anywhere else other than the arc or the path that it took from Aaron Rodgers' hands to the hands of Valdez Scantling without it being converted. If it had diverted even a centimeter at any point, that ball is not being caught in the end zone. Equally, if not more so impressive than that Devontae Adams catch. I agree, but... It all goes the way that Devonte Adams and goes. That's true, but it, what the point I was trying to make with that is a it doesn't matter who you give Aaron Rodgers. He is going to put the ball the and the only place that Aaron Rodgers can put it. You ready for another stat that might be even I more, don't I don't know if I'm
0: mentally prepared to hear another more one. ridiculous than the Rodgers punt one. Devontae Adams had 18 receiving touchdowns in 2020. That was greater than the 16 field goals that the Green Bay Packers <laughs> kicked all last season, and Adams produced one more point, 108, than Packers kicker Mason Crosby who produced 107
1: With points. all the 48 touchdown passes that Aaron Rodgers threw right, that's 48, plus the field goals. That's
0: 48 free points right there for Mr. Mason Crosby, but 18 touchdowns receiving for Devontae Adams. Mason Crosby only made 16 field goals last year unbelievable. What is going on with this Packers offense? They never they never leave the field. They are almost always a threat to put the ball in at least field goal range every time they leave their drives off. Uh, and if you get into the red zone, boy, you're pretty much done already. They converted 80% of their red zone trips last year into touchdowns. That was the best in the NFL, not just last year. Over the past 40 <laughs> years, Eighty percent of the time, they fail twice every ten times when they get into the red zone. Not to put points on the board, they fail twice to get into the freaking end zone and put six points on the board. Yeah, I'd like if to you know what get the numbers
1: Ro- are. To if, at least walking away with three if, points. If
0: Rogers gets to your twenty, put up the white flag. Basically, it's right. over. He's You're in. are more end zone.
1: likely to have a touchdown scored on you than to just have no points <laughs> scored <laughs> right. on you. Right. Right. Uh, uh, It's
0: just it's it's unbelievable right now. The Packers are operating at a 63.6 percent clip converting red zone appearances into touchdowns while the Steelers defense only allows 44 percent touchdowns when their opponent reaches the end zone. So something's got to give here. And I, I have a feeling the Packers offense being the one that breaks through,
1: not the Steelers defense, right? I have a feeling it's, it's Aaron Rodgers who's going to have the extra push here on Sunday.
0: And finally, the other member of that triple a offense is Aaron Jones. Now the Packers have kind of struggled to get their running offense going so far this year. They're towards the bottom of the league in that category. They're definitely not dead last though, because we know who's dead last there. We're not going to talk about that. Um, Jones prolific hundred yard rusher. Gets pretty close to that That's 100 fair. yard work. Uh Terrible game, week one against the Saints. Didn't do anything. But so did everyone else. Everyone else did, and I think they took Jones out of the game in the second half, too, because why would you risk injury mm-hmm. to any of your big dogs there? Uh, bounce back performance against the Lions. He only had about 60 or so yards on the ground, but he caught three touchdown passes in the air, and he ran in uh, for another one in that game. And then uh, this past week against the Niners, kind of a quiet performance from his standards, but then you look at the box score, and he had over 80 yards rushing, and he rushed for a touchdown as well, so if I'm sitting here saying that that's kind of a quiet day for him, I mean, it is. That's how prolific he is, and even though he hasn't been able to get things going much traditionally on the ground, 158 yards in his first three games this year, he's their third leading receiver with 75 yards (laughs) out of the backfield, and he's got their most receiving touchdowns with three receiving touchdowns, so yeah, you talked about Marquez Valdez-Scanling and guys like that that Rodgers makes better, but his number two target in the passing game is also his running back, Aaron Jones.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it the way Matt Williamson brought it up. We we can assume that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are the best of their respective positions. Aaron Jones, over the past three years, I would say, has quietly climbed the ladder of elite running backs. I think starting at 2019 really is when he made his first big push by the end of the 2021 season and I think it's possible that you could be sitting here saying there's guys like Dalvin cook there's guys like Derek Henry Christian McCaffrey can't stay healthy really the only other guy that's consistent is Aaron Jones because Zeke has not been consistent we've seen his numbers go down every year of his career saquon can't stay healthy and when he is healthy in the 2020 season he hasn't been great he's had one good game against a very bad atlanta offense and it wasn't even a good enough performance to win that game i i think right now i'm talking myself into saying that aaron jones is a solid you can't argue otherwise a top five running back in this league
0: yeah and i think it's because of the versatility that he brings to the table the ability to be such a mm-hmm. weapon in the passing game uh those are really the backs that are elite these days. I mean, Derrick Henry, I mean, he's just a freak of nature. He's a can- yeah, he's and I would a can- say behind
1: him is probably Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook. So those three guys who are at the top are
0: your traditional give them 25 carries a game. But then you get into the Christian McCaffreys, and you get into the Joe Mixons, and you get into the Aaron Joneses, and those are the guys that— I think I almost would lean – other than King Henry, I would almost rather lean towards having because I like that first – I like mm-hmm. a running back being a kind of receiver in today's modern NFL. That's why I'm so high on Najee right now.
1: Right, that as well. But we also like that too because we saw it on full display. We saw the master. Than, I mean, that was saw, the guy. Yeah, we saw the best – to ever do it. That anything.
0: was the guy who I think unlocked this all for a lot right, of Right, I agree.
1: He was he a was trailblazer. Le'Veon Bells, mm-hmm. who we're obviously yes. referring to.
0: And there was obviously receivers uh, that were good. and Like Darren Sproles comes to mind. But they weren't guys lining up in the outside position of the receiver. Like, as a wide receiver. They not they just in the outside. They weren't getting 40 touches a game. Right. They weren't getting a targeted 15 times by Big Ben. I mean, Najee Harris got targeted 19 <laughs> times ridiculous. in the game last Sunday. Uh, but, yeah, Aaron Jones fits that Le'Veon Bell mold uh, more than he does the Derrick Henry mold, which is the he, if he's getting stymied on the ground and say Aaron Jones only has 10 carries for 50 yards, go check the box score in the receiving game because I guarantee you he probably doubled that output as far as his receiving total is concerned. So it's not just one thing with him. You can't just cut off the head, stop the run, and you take Aaron Jones out of the game, maybe like a Derrick Henry. If he isn't finding any tracks on the ground, Rodgers is going to find him out in space and going to let his athleticism go to work. So tough, tough matchup for those inside linebackers, for the Steelers, because it's going to be on Schobert and it's going to be on Bush a lot to take care of him when he leaves the backfield on passing routes. And... Rodgers, the master at exploiting mismatches. Mm-hmm. I really expect him to pick
1: on Schobert and Bush a lot with Aaron Jones in this game I, I couldn't agree more and the only saving grace I have for that Possibility is the fact that I do think Devin Bush is one of the best better open field tacklers when it comes to inside linebackers So maybe you're not down as bad with a guy like Devin Bush available to you, but still Devin Bush isn't going to be able to bottle Aaron Jones up the whole game long. He's there are going to be some routes where it's Joe Schobert's assignment, and then that's when you kind of get concerned that it's going to be an Aaron Jones field day in the passing game. No question about that. Uh,
0: the Packers are missing their fourth best player. I'd say. I don't know if he's their fourth best player on the offense or on the defense. On the offense. I'm just sticking with the offense. They're missing their best player. Their on the best player and their side. best Yeah, exactly. But offensively they're missing David Bakhtiari, their left tackle mm-hmm.
1: and maybe the best left tackle, maybe the best tackle period. I would say the best tackle. In all I'd of say football. the best guard is Quentin, Quentin Nelson, Nelson and the best oh. tackle is Bakhtiari. And that's a huge miss uh loss for them. Uh
0: Rodgers has been feeling pressure. He got sacked twice week one, seven quarterback hits. He got sacked three times with seven quarterback hits week two against the Detroit Lions. So it's not like you can't get pressure home to him. The only thing I would say is concerning is that it looks like that line is improving a little bit. Last week against the Niners, only allowed one sack, only allowed two quarterback hits, protected him pretty well against a good pass-rushing front from San Francisco. So... Unlike the Steelers' offensive line, I worry that this young offensive line is getting better as the season goes on. Also, Rodgers really helps you play better on the offensive line based on his play, and they're going to get Chari back. So thank God for Steelers fans it's not this week. He could cause a lot of problems as far as getting that pass rush going. But even without him, Rodgers is able to, for the most part, protect himself, and you saw the improvement coming last week against the Niners. Hopefully they regress back to that form that they played against the Lions where they let up three sacks. But there's no guarantees. And and like I said before, he himself, Rodgers, is so good at helping his linemen and knowing, okay, this guy can't handle this guy on this matchup. Let's roll the pocket out to the left away from him. Or this guy can't handle that guy in the matchup. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to leak Aaron Jones out real quick on that side TJ Watt's going to come flying by that tackle. Oops, the ball's already in Aaron Jones' hands, TJ. So he's the master at helping a deficient offensive Mm -hmm. line play above their heads. And that's why I think even though you point to that line as potentially the biggest weak spot right now with
1: Bakchari out for that offense, it's still not a glaring hole. No, it's not because... As you said, Tom, it doesn't matter who you have guarding him. It's Aaron Rodgers, right? That's right. I, 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 I don't. It always comes back to that. I don't need to spend any time talking about the offensive line because that guy can be elusive as anyone, right? And, And accurate as anyone. It doesn't matter if the pocket is collapsing. Give him just enough time to get the ball out of his hand and that ball is going to be placed perfectly in a spot where only Aaron Rodgers can put it. So it doesn't matter to me so much that the loss of David Bakhtiari because, as you mentioned it just now, the, uh, the the San Francisco 49ers have one of the best edge rushers and Nick Bosa. So if you're telling me that Nick Bosa couldn't have a, a game-changing or game-affecting play on Aaron Rodgers to kind of shore up that win for the San Francisco 49ers... I mean, I'm not saying that TJ Watt isn't better than Nick Bosa. I think he is better than Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, I don't know where I stand on Nick Bosa right now in terms of his placement in the hierarchy of edge rushers. He's certainly up there. But if there's no Tyson Alualu and there is no Stephon to it, and there's really only Cam Hayward – opposite uh, uh, of TJ or or playing alongside TJ rather and and getting to Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers just might be as good as TJ Watt is and I believe him to be Aaron Rodgers just might be that much better in his respective position that it doesn't matter how good TJ Watt is well don't want to ignore both sides of the football but it's
0: just so easy to just talk offense when you're talking Green Bay Packers but like you mentioned they are missing their best player defensively Zadarius Smith is on IR Uh, He's the guy that generates all their pass rush, and you've seen them kind of struggle this year to get a pass rush going without Zadarius Smith. Uh, They only had uh, had zero sacks and only a few quarterback hits against Jameis in week one. They only had one sack the following week, but things kind of exploded for them last week against the Niners. They had three sacks, but more importantly, they had 11 quarterback hits against him, so maybe that pass rush is starting to find a newer identity for themselves in the absence of Zadarius Smith, who, by the way, will most likely come back this year at some point for them. Luckily, uh, Preston though, it Smith is not is, going to happen. Not this week. Preston Smith is a guy that they're going to lean on a little bit more. He had a sack last week against Jimmy G, but without Smith, yeah, that's a pass rush that doesn't worry you unless you have a uh, suspect offensive line. <clears throat> but... <laughs> Uh, it's at least a, a positive that their most prolific threat, as far as that's concerned, will be on the sidelines in street clothes this week against the Steelers.
1: Yeah, it's definitely possible, and as you gave that little subtle cough-cough, uh, it I don't think it mattered. This might be what the doctor ordered for the Packers, as far right. as getting
0: the pass rush going without Darius Smith and right. finding a new identity on Get that Preston line. Get Preston Smith yeah. kind
1: of to be your number one guy until in, back. in the meantime, exactly. Yeah, what's
0: what worries me. Uh, the secondary, uh, I think they're the best, if not one of the best secondaries in football from top to bottom. Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos as the safeties are solid. Jair Alexander, as Williamson said to me last night, he's a top three cornerback in this league right now. And then Kevin King on the other side. He's questionable, but I think he probably plays this week uh, against the Steelers. I mean, those are four dudes. I mean, all four of them are really solid. You don't want to be messing with that Green Bay Packers secondary too much. Mm -hmm. Uh, In a weird way, it's kind of ironic. The Steelers' uh, adverse feeling towards going downfield might help them avoid those guys (laughs) back there. But you're a defensive coordinator for the Packers. You're not going to let the Steelers... uh, inability to push the ball downfield, take guys like Savage and Amos out of the game. game. They're going to bring those guys up a little bit and help on the underneath stuff that the Steelers are going to try to run because that's how you attack this Packers defense. Those linebackers are suspect. Tight ends have been feasting on the Packers so far this year. 21 passes for 197 yards and three touchdowns in the three games against the Packers so far from the tight end position. So that's the, those are the guys that you want to find in the middle of the field against linebackers, Najee against the linebacker. That's the game plan against them because they're probably not going to have to double cover any of the Steelers' receivers. Don't know what Deontay's status is going to be, but Jaheir Alexander is good enough to take any of the big three one-on-one, and Kevin King is pretty good as well. So that I mean, frees Savage packers. and Amos up to help with those tight ends and, and, and running back out of the backfield. So once again, the Steelers. It helps in a way, but it also probably hurts them as always that they won't push the ball down the field mm-hmm. because
1: they'll allow those safeties to creep up and just cause havoc in the middle of the field. I would say the Packers' best strategy or best game plan to, st- I don't, is stopping. The right word because I think I feel like the Steelers' offense has already it just been stops stopped itself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly on its own. Uh, but I guess the best way to. To not allow the Steelers offense to get going against you is to game plan mostly for Najee Harris' involvement through the, through the run game and through the pass game.
0: Well, that's going to do it for us here on this episode of the Steelers Standard. As always, we are appreciative of you giving us a listen. If you want to check out uh, an ep- our episodes we d- or did earlier today or some stuff we did earlier this week— You go to Steelers.com or go to Apple or Spotify and search Steelers Standard. Make sure you download and subscribe if you do that. For Jacob Brecht, I am Tom Opferman. We will talk to you guys on our next edition of the Steelers Standard.